When I Open podcast may feature language, mature themes, and violence. This is your trigger warning. Hello, you are listening to When I Open, a true crime podcast where I talk about crimes ranging from urban legends to serial killers and how they are portrayed in the media. So sit back, relax, and enjoy Tate's Guide to the Perfect Crime. Hey everyone, so before we start today's episode, I just want to say that I'm going to be talking about a very sensitive topic, including uh, school shootings and, like, crimes that have been either committed um, by students to, or, sorry, by kids to other kids. So if you are not comfortable with hearing that kind of things, I would highly suggest that you listen to a different one of my episodes, or you could wait for next week's episode. Now let's get on to the show. All right, so if you just heard my disclaimer, that kind of might tell you a little bit about the tone of this episode, but I wanted to just remind you all of you that I still have uh, stickers available free on my Instagram, and you can just message me at when I open podcast, sorry, at when I open dot podcast to um to get your free stickers um the people have already been getting them so thank you so much for reposting because it really helps with reaching out to get my content out there and if you have not gotten yours yet do not worry they are in the mail they will get there soon they um i'm shipping from the u.s so the post office can be a little bit slow on especially international orders or orders that are not close to where i live so yeah so today is kind of going to be a confusing um episode this will be recorded in little chunks so if there's any audio changes uh i'm actually pretty tired right now so i'm just going to do as much as i can in one shot but today we are going to be talking about kayla renee um roland who was a um who was a six-year-old girl who was fatally shot by a fellow classmate at her elementary school. And then we are going to be talking about how um, Law & Order SVU portrayed that in the episode Baby Killer, and there's also a really good episode on um, SVU, especially Heinous um, pod, that they, they cover the case really well. And I'm going to be talking about a um, documentary called um, Bowling for Columbine, which talks about, like, um, gun violence, especially in, like, in, in schools, and the nature of the guide of gun violence in the United States. And then I'm going to be listing off, um, some facts that I got off, got off of Sandy Hook's, um, website. Um, I, again, I, I honestly don't plan on doing too many of these episodes because they just make me feel really sad. Um, so I'm gonna try to just cram in as much as information because this is a very sensitive topic but it's also a topic that um i know not a lot of other true crime podcasters like cover and as much as you as i mean as most of you guys still know like i'm still like in school so it is a little scary for me to be thinking about like this kind of stuff but it's really important for people to like any at least acknowledge it. I know on some podcasts they say like, "Sorry, we're not comfortable covering these kind of cases," which is totally, totally understandable. 
But I think it's also good to hear it from, like, a perspective of someone who is still, like, in school. So, without further ado, let's get on to the case. This is going to be, like, a pretty short little blip of um, Kayla's case because there's honestly not that um, a lot of information pertaining it on, like, the, on the webs, on the web that I can, like, say that is true. So, Kayla Renee Rowland was an American six-year-old girl from Mount Morristown, Michigan, who was fatally shot on February 29th, 2000, by a six-year-old classmate at, at Buell Elementary School in Betcher Community School District. The school is um actually is closed. It closed in two thousand two. So, the boy had found the gun while living at his uncle's drug house, where guns were frequently traded for drugs. That will come up in the um next segment, the baby killer. Uh, the killing the killing drew worldwide attention due to the particularly young ages of the victim and the perpetrator. Rowan was the youngest school shooting victim in the United States until Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting, which I will be talking about a little bit before our Sandy Hook past, or Sandy Hook um, talk, in 2012. And her assailant remains the youngest fatal school shooting perpetrator to date and the second youngest um, school shooting perpetrator in general. The boy was not charged with murder because of his age. So... A lot of the aftermath was talking about how, like, a lot of guns, like, aren't properly um, concealed, such as, like, the gun was found in a shoebox in the uncle's bedroom. And he also had a um, loaded pump-action shotgun and a rock of crack cocaine. So that's also, like, not safe to have around young kids. And if you do have a gun... You should be keeping it, like, safely away in a gun safe where only you um, have it. Because in, um, I was watching an episode, actually, I'm going to add into that. Um, I'll just talk about it right now real quick. So, there's an episode on a show called Bull, which talk, deals with um, cases. Um, there is a, there is an episode where one of Bull's friends is is um his son shot his other son um and killed him and the father was being charged with like neglect and like not good safety of a gun despite the fact that the gun was in a locked box and like it turns out the sons just like wanted to play with it and and stuff like that and that the older brother it was a younger brother shooting the older brother um like that like he didn't mean it and stuff like that and like apparently the younger brother had been like obsessively testing out codes to the lock to the lockbox and um and things like that so um in the end it's actually revealed that the younger brother was a i believe i believe bull used the term sociopath or psychopath i honestly don't remember this was kind of an old episode um and they ended up like telling, like, like, the brother, sorry, the brother actually did end up wanting to kill his other brother, but it also, my point that I was trying to get across is that, like, if you do have a gun, make sure that, like, your children at least, like, 
know not to go near it and like make sure to keep it super safe especially like in this in this day and age but Kayla's case was like one of the very first um school shootings like ever to date in general so I wanted to talk about that a little bit also because of her age she was only six years old when this happened and that also adds like another layer to it so now let's talk about the law and order svu episode um the called baby killer so baby killer is uh season two episode five and it is um it first aired um in november in 2000 so again spoiler alert if you have not seen this episode yet so the plot is uh the squad is assigned to a special case to investigate oh sorry the squad is assigned to a special case dramatic pause to investigate the fatal shooting of a seven-year-old of a seven of a, of a little girl by her seven-year-old classmate so so this episode is basically um there's this um there's this little boy who um shoots his classmate and um I'm sorry um and they talk about how like the gun was like so so like small and that like any any kid could be able um to use it and there's a very um There's a conversation that actually they have in the quotes between two of the um, between two of the lawyers because the because Cabot has to process. Sorry, for those who are new, Cabot is one of the lawyers. Um, Cabot has to like bring in this boy who shot and killed someone. So here's the conversation, basically. Cabot, you know as well as I do that the youngest they've ever convicted was eleven. Uh, the other guy, Phillips. Yes, but that was pre-Columbine. Since then, there's been an epidemic of ever younger kids killing kids with no consequence. People are fed up with it. Cabot, and you're bored of being the chief of the bored of being the chief assistant DA. I know you're looking to replace Lewin next fall, but let me tell you, if you think you can put a baby boy, a little boy in jail just so you can prove you're tough on crime, you've got to be kidding. Phillips, he's old enough to know the difference between right and wrong. Cabot, but not to understand the consequences of his actions. Philip, he brought a gun to school. He knew what he was doing. And this? That gives us a tent. Cabot, why don't you just apply for the change of venue to Texas so we can have, it, have him executed? Phillips, no. Manhattan Family Court will be sufficient. So basically, they're talking, um, they're talking about how, like, how, like, the guy thinks it's, like, ridiculous that, like, they're still, um... Like, the guy's like, well, he knew what, like, he was doing, and Cabot's like, no, we have to kind of blame this, like, on the parents, and, like, um, it's a very, it's a very complicated episode, and it's, like, really, it is really sad, because, like, this kid, like, accidentally shot and killed his friend, but, um, if you like, like, a more in-depth version of this, again, on, um, SVU, especially Heinous, pod um they do a really good deep dive into that episode so 
let's get on to the part of the episode that is going to bring up some feelings for a lot of people called bowling for Columbine. I am going to do like a quick explanation to what Columbine is. I'm also going to do a quick explanation of what Sandy Hook was. Just so like people who are new to this kind of community will like sort of know what I'm talking about. So there has been a little discussion in the community about not mentioning the names of the perpetrators. So I am not going to be, um, I'm not going to be naming the perpetrators as in Columbine. The Columbine High School massacre was a school shooting and attempted bombing that occurred on April twentieth, nineteen ninety nine, at Columbine High School in Columbine, Colorado, United States. The perpetrators, two twelfth grade students, seniors, uh, blank and blank. Murdered 12 students and one teacher. 10 students were killed in the school library where the pair subsequently committed suicide. Uh, 21 additional people were also injured by the gunshots and gunfire was also exchanged by police. This has been, um, this, at the time, this was the deadliest high school shooting in U.S. history. Um, there's also been, like, several... This crime has inspired several copycats, which many deadlier, including many deadlier shootings around the world. And Columbine has been a bay word for school shootings. So, um, Bowling for Columbine is a 2002 American documentary film, and it exp- um, explores explores what the director suggests are the primary causes for Columbine and other acts of gun violence. He focuses on the background and environment of which the massacre took place and common opinions and assumptions about related topics. The film also looks into the natural, into the nature of violence in the United States. So, uh, they discuss a lot about, um, a lot about Columbine, um, about how, like, how it's, now it's, like, really easy to, like, buy a gun and things like that. And, um, they talk about, um, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, this, an early scene, I'm just going to read off this. An early scene depicts a bank in Michigan that gives customers a free hunting rifle when they make a certain deposit of a certain side, size into a time deposit account. Um, the film follows more, like, as he's, sorry, more is the director. The director, as he's doing this, and before leaving the bank, he says, do you think it's a little dangerous handing out guns at a bank? Obviously, the answer is yes, because, yeah. So, <clears throat> happiness is a worm gun monologue. Um... About 20 minutes into the film, the Beatles song Happiness is a Warm Gun plays during a monologue of which which footage of the following is shown. People buying guns. Residents of Virgin, Utah. I think my wine and crime, also I think my fellow wine and crime coven members are laughing their asses off right now. Um, Virgin, Utah. You're welcome, Kenyon. A town that passed a gun, uh, passed a law requiring all residents to own guns. Uh, people firing rough rifles at carnivals and shooting ranges. Um, Dennis Ames operating a rifle. A lot of these people's names I don't actually, um, sorry, 
uh, no. Um, uh, Carrie McWilliams, a blind gun enthusiast from from Fargo, North Dakota. Jerry Plack, oh, actually, I'm going to be talking about Gary later, so I'm going to, uh, skip over that. The suicide of D. Bud Dwyer. Um, the 1993 murder where Emilio Nuez shot and killed his ex-wife, Marisa Martin, during an interview on the Telemoto program, Ocurio Asai. Uh, the suicide of Daniel V. Jones, an AIDS and cancer patient who was protesting health maintenance organizations. Um, and a man takes off his shirt and is shot during a riot. They also talk about weapons of mass destruction and about how, like, um, how, like, processing, not processing, about how, like, making more guns isn't really doing anybody a favor. It's, like, doing it not well. They also talk about, like, the state of fear that people are in due to, like, uh, due to how many, um, guns are, like, available in the world. They also talk about, um, like, other interviews. Um, they also, sorry, they also interview about, like, different people, about how their history, how their history of, um, of gun violence has been, and things like that. So, there was there was like a um there was sort of a critical response. It actually has a ninety five approval, um, and uh they did have like um. It was rated R, and I have not watched it, um, so. Um. But they also but more also did the um documentary on Fahrenheit, uh four fifty one. So this was this was definitely like a really bold thing for more to um to talk about. This is even or I'm going to be talking about this um later. So now I'm going to be going into some like uh some facts that I got from um uh the Sandy Hook Promise website. The Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting occurred on December 14, 2012. In Newtown, Connecticut, when 20-year-old Adam Lanza, Lanza shot and killed 26 people, including six children between six and seven years old, and six adult staff members. So the um. So, the motive was actually or is actually still unclear, and there were a total of 28. Um, deaths, 27 at the school, including the perpetrator and the perpetrator's mother at home. So this, um, is an extremely sad school shooting, and I'm getting this information off of the Sandy Hook Promise website, where you can donate and learn more, um, about, about Sandy Hook and how you can prevent school shootings, which I'm also going to be talking about in my next segment. Here are um, 16 facts about it. Um, Each day, eight children die from gun violence in America. Another 32 are shot and injured. 
Firearms are the second leading cause of death among American children and adolescents after car crashes. Firearm deaths occur at the same rate more than three times higher than drownings. The U.S. has had... I want you to pause here and think about how many school shootings you think that the U.S. has had since 1970. Okay. Ready? 1,316. And these numbers are increasing. 10, 18% of school shootings have taken place since the tragedy at Sandy Hook Elementary School in December 2012. In a comprehensive study of school shootings from 1974 to 2000 conducted by the Secret Service and Department of Education, 93% of school shooters plan the attack in advance. In four out of five school shootings, at least one other person had knowledge of the attacker's plan but failed to report it. Um, guns used in about 68% of school-related incidents at schools were taken from the home, a friend, or relative. A study found that 77% of active shooters plan spent a week or longer planning their attack. Nearly all mass attackers in 2018 made threatening or concerning communications, and more than uh, 75 elicited concern from others prior to carrying out their attacks. In almost every documented case of active, of active shooters, warning signs are often shown. In 2018, had the most school shootings on record, but the U.S. Department of Homeland Security research shows that, quote, if we know the signs of, of gun violence, we can prevent it and reverse the trend. The majority of individuals with diagnosed mental illness do not engage in violence against others. 70% of people who die by, die, die by suicide tell someone of their plans or give, another, give some other type of warning signs. This one is sort of related to what I was talking about in the Law and Order episode. 39% of parents wrongfully believe children don't know where a gun, in, gun is stored. An estimated 4.6 million American children live in a home where at least one gun is kept, is kept loaded and unlocked. 17 states has, have enacted um, extreme risk laws, the majority being implemented following the school shooting at, minor, at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in 2018. Again, there are a lot of um, school shootings that I also could have uh, talked about real fast. Um, like I could have mentioned Stoneman Douglas, I could have talked about Parkland, but because those are so recent, I still feel really sad about even thinking about them. Like I remember being in school when those, when those like happened. Like I was in school in 2018, um, and I even, um, I guess this is gonna be adding on to my next segment about like my feelings about it, and as um, and as someone who's in school, like what my what my education about this has taught me. So one of the things that I think I've learned like the most about researching this topic is how much the schools actually like prepare us for this. Because I remember 
I'm currently, I'm going to be a senior in high school. I'm not going to be naming any names or anything like that. No school names or anything like that in this segment. So don't worry. Um, so I remember when people told me, yeah, we have to do like school, like we have to do active, active shooter drills. And I remember like hiding and, um, during one, I think it was my freshman year of high school, I had a full blown panic attack, but like we were acting like it was actually happening and like I was not in a mentally good place. Because I see where they are coming from, but I was just in not a mentally good place at the time. And I don't think people realize like how important these drills actually are in preparation for something like this to actually happen to somebody. Like, it's something that you like definitely don't forget. And so, um, I guess at the time that this will be released, I will be no longer working there, but I've been working at a summer camp for the past couple weeks, and I've recently been working with second graders, other than fourth graders, and we were talking about school a little bit, and they wanted to know, like, what my high school was like, and we were talking about, like, one of them mentioned that one of their schools had a gas leak, and I was like, oh, did you have to do, like, a, did, do, like, a quick run out, like, like a drill or anything like that, and they talked about how they were doing like tornado drills and fire drills, and I, and then one of them piped up and said, we've also had to do active shooter drills, and I asked their feelings about it, and they said that it felt like they were, they, they, they were scared, they don't like those kind of drills, and I said like, neither do I, but they're still like really, really important to have, and there are a lot of um, there are a lot of places out there that like uh, safe to say that's what like I know a lot of high schools use like so you could actually report something anonymously if you do feel like you're being threatened um, and I know some people who have had to use that like the safe to say because they felt threatened in their own school which school should be a place for learning not a place where you should feel afraid. And this kind of talks about like safety within schools, more like the coronavirus. Like I was honestly afraid to go to school genuinely um, because I was afraid that kids weren't distancing. I was afraid that I was going to get COVID because I had a family member who passed away from COVID and I really didn't want to be like because I have asthma and a history of, like, not very good health within my family, I, like, didn't want to get anything that could compromise my immune system. <sighs> but, yeah, sorry, that got a little um, deep, but, again, I've been doing these kind of drills since I was, like, pretty young. I, I know my school's plan, like, super, like, like I could... I know their plans very well, and it's also really important to know your school's plans, and especially, like, like also, like, the policy on reporting things. Like, if you have to ask yourself, is this really worth it? It probably, it probably most definitely is. And I know a couple of, like, teachers also listen to this, and I hope, and I bet that you all have, like, feelings of, like, 
it's like a little scary um like it's probably scary seeing your kids like come together and like having to like hide and like things like that like that's also probably terrifying and it's also really scary for the kids too who feel like genuine terror who have like not I want to say like visions but like hear so many stories and see so many things um that happen in like the news and there's another there's another Law and Order episode um series I believe it's called um Man Up and then Man Down about a young boy who's being molested who um who shot who shot up his school and he genuinely like killed people and they talked about like they talked about at the end of the episode like talked about like, gun safety and like talking about reporting things like that so this is sort of reached the end of the episode i know this is sort of um shorter than usual but i didn't um i've I don't want to say I've been holding this one off, but I do have a lot of episodes coming for y'all later this month um, that I'm going to be talking about now. So, uh, pushing away from all the um, really sad stuff that I just talked about and might have a little, might have cried a little bit. Um, we recently reached uh, over 700 plays, so thank you so much. I am planning on doing a Instagram live. Um, hold on a minute. Let me check my calendar. Um, I plan on doing an Instagram live, um, probably in the, around, um, probably like 9, 9 p.m. EST on, um, on August 9th. If the, if that date changes, I still gotta check my schedule. Um, but yeah, I will most likely just be talking about, like, putting my notes together for Sphere Street, which is also something very exciting. So I told you all that I would do like a series talking about Fear Street because that definitely has something to do with like true crime and also talks about my love of horror movies and shows like that. Um, I told you all, hey, if I told you all last week, yeah, let's talk about this for a second. So I told you all last week, like, if you... If you get me to 200 followers, um, I will, I will, like, rate Fear Street and what I think of the movies. As of right now, it's been, like, about a week since I posted the last episode. I'm recording this on a Wednesday. We currently have 211 followers. Like, like, that's just, that's just that's just crazy like thank you so much for all of your support and it is crazy but like but um i will be um but i will be rating the episodes which is sort of like a birthday surprise because my birthday is later this month so starting on august 27th will be the first episode will be the first movie then August 28th will be the second episode, the second movie. And the finale will actually be premiering on my birthday. Um, third movie, which 
honestly, I'm going to say right now, second movie is the best one. Don't at me. I have an explanation later. <laughs> um, that will be the finale. Well, not the finale of the show, but, like, <laughs> the end of my Fear Street talk. Um, and again, if you're interested in having stickers, a lot more people are getting their theirs, finally. Hopefully, by the time this is out, more people will have gotten them, because I, I don't know what is up with the postal service, but I had a couple people, like, message me in the past couple days, being like, hey, got my stickers, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, cool, you're, you're, like, I, I want to remember the addresses, but, like, yeah, you're in the same, like, east, east coast as me, I'm, I'm happy that you got them so fast, and then I had someone from all the way from California who was, like, just got my stickers, and I'm like, how? It's California, that's, like, a million miles away, but hopefully more people will be able to get the stickers soon, thank you to the U.S. Postal Service, not sponsored, um, and, yeah, if you would like to, uh, contact me and follow for more, um, if my phone wants to collaborate with me today, um, my sources are linked below in the episode description, um, and you can follow me on Twitter at oneiopen.pod, uh, Instagram at oneiopen.podcast, and TikTok at oneiopenpod, and if you'd like to email for any, like, business like, I, not ideas, any business talk, um, my email is also linked in the description below, I would love to have another collaboration coming up, because I had a lot of fun with my other one, so that might be, maybe, working in the books, if someone can give me a little bit of motivation to actually reach out to people, that would be nice because my social anxiety sometimes like y'all probably notice this i'd be like yeah instagram live for for uh for for 500 plays doesn't do the live for 600 play doesn't do the live okay fine for 700 plays hit 700 plays in two days oh shit (laughs) but i swear i will do an instagram live like within this month i have not a lot of things to do this month, not gonna lie. I just gotta th- figure out some college stuff. Um, so, yeah. Uh, why do I always yawn right as I'm about to say something important? Sorry. Um, but yeah, my birthday is coming up. I am very excited about it because I'm gonna be no longer a minor, which is kind of crazy. Um, Remember to sleep with one eye open.